Well, it looks like they left the gate open again, and the goats are out. We are back. Hello, everybody. Bill Gray here. Don Chapman here. And I tell you what, boy, Tuesday was uh, not a good day for pundits. The really dumb pundits that missed it a lot. <laughs> A, a lot of uh, chatter about what exactly happened. Um, I, I do want to note that um, there was a minimal blue effect in Florida. Um, the The conventional wisdom is that Florida is no longer a swing state. It is now a red state. And uh, we'll see what Mr. DeSantos does. I mean... I remember back in the election, he was asked, would he serve his full term? And he kind of sidestepped that. Uh, that said, I want to say he, uh, I mean, he just hammered uh, Bill Crist. I mean, it wasn't even thinking about being close in Florida. And Crist so, was a popular governor in Florida. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Florida spoke um, in our home state, South Carolina. Um, the voters spoke. Um, the Republicans won handedly. Uh, Henry McMaster will now be the longest serving governor in South Carolina's history. Uh, as I said on my Facebook page, uh, that certainly tells you um, what South Carolina is. I don't say that derogatory at all. Um, uh, South Carolina is South Carolina. Everyone is, has their right to their opinion. Um, but it is consistent with um, what we thought South Carolina was, clearly a red state. Um, and just as a side note to South Carolina before we move on to the blue wave, I think it's interesting that there are questions still uh, that about the superintendent of education who was elected and uh, was able to get her uh, master's degree uh, or graduate degree, I, I, let me uh, hedge my bets here, um, from Bob Jones University here in South Carolina. Uh, she was elected and uh, will serve. So um, it will be interesting to see what comes of that. Um, there are some rumors that it would be contested. Um, I, I don't think that's really healthy at this point. But um, it'll be interesting, too, to see how she navigates the politics of education. Well, um, it's just uh, confusing how she got that posted that degree so fast. You well, and I couldn't do it. Well, I mean, it, it would be interesting to see the money trail. <laughs> um, and I'm just going to leave it right there because we could do a whole show on that right there. Yes. So today's topic as we record uh, the blue wave, um, it, uh, it wow that uh, Democrats at today's recording have retained control of the Senate and um, are less than single digits away um, from the House, even though the House probably um, will go Republican. Um, interesting note that uh, I found in the Santa Barbara Independent, uh, Kenneth Gould is the author of an article called Blue Wave, and 
he is referencing uh, the reason uh, to a huge number of new voters um, who were outraged and energized by the loss of abortion and voting rights and a clear vision that Republicans meant to reduce spending for Social Security and Medicare. So uh, a lot of Gen X information about uh, the youth of uh, America um, are the folks who brought us uh, this red wave. Well, I have to agree with that. I always thought the women would get out and vote because of the uh, the Roe versus Wade decision or the Dobbs decision out of the Supreme Court, but they had so many young people decide to go out and register to vote, and the statistics are showing they voted, and that's a good thing. I mean, right now they, whomever, we still control the Senate now with having our fifty won in the Senate because Kelly and Cortez Mastro won their elections. So, and there's 20 uncalled house seats out there. And by what I read this morning, 10 are Democrat leading. And that makes it, makes it up in the air. Who's going to control it, but whomever controls it, they're going to have a thin majority. And I think it's going to be tough for them to do anything. Well, the, the upside is it's a slim majority. Right. It's not uh, in in the past. It's been you know double digits in in the uh, midterm uh, bloodbaths. Uh, as we know historically, the midterms have not been good for the incumbent president. Um, this time, a little different, and I, I I think people were energized. I don't think it's happened since Kennedy. I believe. Well, Kennedy, in his second term, I think they still won the House and Senate, but not since then. It's always favored the uh, the party not in power. Hmm. Uh, and a side note on, on uh, the youth vote, uh, again, referencing uh, Kenneth Gould's uh, article in Santa Barbara Independent. He says, the future of the Republican Party is now doomed by demographics. Currently, about 4.1 million children reach voting age every year, while about 3.8 million older adults die and drop off. Statistics show that Gen X voters are very engaged and highly progressive, with about two-thirds having voted for Biden and Democrats in previous elections. If the pattern holds in 2024, Democrats will gain about 5.5 million Gen X votes and Republicans will gain at most 2.8. So that's a net gain of 2.6 million votes. Those uh, actually quoting from the Santa Barbara Independent, the Blue Wave article from Kenneth Gould. So um, uh, changes afoot. I believe you're right about that. The way the, the elections have been, the Democratic Party has garnered more votes in the past four or three or four presidential elections. It didn't pan out in the electoral college, but they're getting more votes. Hillary had more votes than Trump, but the electoral college declared him president. Biden had the popular vote. Obama, of course, had the popular vote. 
but it's telling me that the ideas that the GOP is putting out there, young people are not buying them. And I think women were really burned by them saying we're going to have a national bill against abortion. I mean, that appears to have stirred a lot of women up to vote. And as well, it should. I mean, and we, we've talked in, in other episodes, we're not lumping uh, anyone into one basket. Uh, they, there are uh, women's, women who are um, supporters of life, pro-life, um, but uh, there's quite a few that want choice. And uh, we'll chat about that in an upcoming podcast. Uh, we're going to spend some in-depth time on it and uh, and take a take a look at both sides. Um, but uh, you know that's coming up. And it just for information, it was reported today that the uh, Republicans and Democrats spent seven point six billion dollars on Ow. this election cycle. That's a lot of money, and most of that goes into TV time print time, radio time, but that's a ton of money to spend and to get beat like that. I guess the the Republicans spent half of that money and they got their butts handed to them, basically. And I think right now when we're looking at there's reasons for that, They're, they don't have a platform to go after. It's been election deniers on the ballots everywhere. And some of them won, but many of them did not win. Yeah, and we can uh, we can talk about the elephant in the room now. And <laughs> the 45th president of the United States, Donald Trump, um, his endorsements by the numbers. Uh, this taken um, from uh, NBC. Uh, election doubters, 207. Incumbents, 179. 233 won primaries, 17 lost, 61 competitive primaries, 17 lost, and eight defeated an incumbent. Um, it's interesting, too, that NBC News polling has found an increasing share of Republicans identify more as supporters of the party than Trump. But for a brief decline after the FBI uh, searched Mar-a-Lago, it did spike. But uh, that has eased off. And it, it is interesting to see Republicans who all of a sudden have found their spine. Um, I like that. That they were afraid of him. And now there are people chatting that his appearance at some of these uh, campaign rallies basically hurt um, in the, in particular in uh, the Pennsylvania. I just read some information on that, that um, Dr. Oz uh, apparently may not have been making the right choice when he brought Trump in. Um, the other side of it is uh, people in Pennsylvania spoke and Mr. Fetterman is uh, elected. Um, it's also interesting, too, for me is uh, what does Donald do now? What well, do you think? Cruz, 
Tuesday, he says he's going to have a big announcement. I yeah. wonder what that's going to be. Well, I think it's going to be that I'm uh, postponing the announcement. <laughs> that, that could be. I mean, there's now, uh, again, you only can, um, you know, trust sources that that have some sort of credibility. But there is a lot of conversation that he's not going to get the support from the party that he thought he was. And looking at, quote, unquote, the damage he did, um, uh, you know, there are folks who lay this at Mr. Trump. They don't lay it at the new voters. They lay it at the former president. Um, it's it just very strange. It's not having a program. What are you out there? You're still screaming about the 2020 elections and it was stolen. Well, you know, that's been proven and proven and proven that his court cases failed. So it wasn't stolen. He just won't accept it. Even were- Fox News now, Rupert Murdoch, which has been a staunch ally and supporter, they're starting to doubt him. The New York Times editorial board came out with something that said Trump needs to move. He's in the way of the party. So I believe he should start listening to people instead of doing what he thinks is best for him is not necessarily the best for their party or the American people. He does not have a history of that. (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, I keep saying he's not well acquainted with the truth. And uh, he's probably not well acquainted with a lot of things. But he's living in his own world, and he thinks Mm -hmm. he can be president again. And he may be able to do it. But I don't believe he's going to have the support that he had two months ago. Do you think that his, again, we we have it played narcissism, um, but do you think he needs the money? Well, he's got a few lawsuits against him, and uh, he may, may have to pony up some. I mean, he says he's a billionaire, but we've never seen his taxes. Mm-hmm. And uh, the New York Times evidently has his taxes, and I wonder what keeps them from publishing them. Yeah. Probably getting sued by him. But that's been his M.O. all along since business time. Whenever he gets in any trouble, he just sues and tries to keep people in court. And you never get to a resolution. It seems but, to work. Well, it works for him, but you and I can't do that. We can't, you know, we disagree with somebody. We start suing everybody. You'd have to be a lawyer to be able to afford that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But him I, putting I, out his, his, everything that he was putting out to his election deniers were extremist views. I mean, look at in Georgia. You put Herschel Walker, who's not. He's not well acquainted with the truth either. And he's out there as an unproven person that's had a lot of problems. And you've got Warnock, who is a minister at the Ebenezer Church, where where uh, Martin Luther King was the, uh, was the uh, pastor. Uh, that's, and, and he's done the job, and he's brought jobs and mm-hmm. money to Georgia. But they put up somebody like Walker against him. That's not a quality candidate, in my opinion. Well, I mean, as you said, I mean, you know, his claim to fame, 
is between the hedges at, right. at University of Georgia. Um, extraordinary football player, not taking that away from him. And baseball player. And ba- oh, did he play baseball? I did. I, I did not yeah. know that. Um, he, the, gee, Willikers, everybody's phone's beeping crazy here. What's going on? It's the. Uh, but um, he he ha- apparently has uh, not been uh, as supportive to the children that he fathered. Um, that's what they're telling us. I mean, uh, it's just. I, I, I don't get it. I mean, how does someone with no qualifications beat someone who stood in the pulpit at uh, Ebenezer in Georgia? I, I I don't get it. And it's interesting looking at how close they are that it went to runoffs. And some of the conversations in Georgia were that uh, there was a lot of split ticket action because uh, the, the Republican governor, he did well, um, but not so much for Herschel. Well, you know, I tend to think that Herschel got a lot of those votes because people pulled the one-party ticket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think people that were paying more attention didn't pull that ticket. They decided to split it. I hear your duck. Yeah, my ducks are going crazy here. I just turned it off, so it's not going to do it again. Um, it's just, it's just kind of interesting. Of course, the other side of it is, is um, gee, Willikers, will it stop at all? You know, it uh, it will when you cut it off, Bill. There we go. Um, it just is. It's an. It just doesn't seem. Right. But as you said, I mean, people pulling levers, there's a lot of lever pulling. Um, but, you know, we'll see how the uh, the runoff goes. And I saw a thing this morning where uh, Senator Warnock had said he was anticipating that. And um, they basically threw the Green Party under the bus that had the two percent that went to the Green Party candidate um could have made the difference. Um, well, if you don't, if you don't mind, I'd like to go off the rails a bit on the green party. Well, you should um, know. I mean, you, you are uh, more of that persuasion. Yeah, well, the, the thing is, is I, I mean, there's, there's not enough people in government that think that way. And, you know, it's one thing to say, okay, I'm going to have a senator that is from the Green Party, and he gets to Washington, and he ends up like, uh, you know, Bernie is an independent, and even worse, that there's, you know, he's got no fellow Green Party people up there. How do you get traction? Um, and yeah, 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 I'm, man, man, please stop throwing things at the radio here, but um, I mean, I, I know it's got to start somewhere. I just think it needs to start a little lower, um, that it's got to start on the grassroots level and in school boards, a lot of school boards in this election. Um, I mean, that would be a podcast in itself talking about how, uh, you know, now there are consulting, uh, agencies that, uh, political consultants that work with school boards to help them quote, un, uh, to navigate the system. 
that um, it's it's just you know getting crazy. But uh, to to back to my my rant about the Green Party. Hey, everybody's entitled to their opinion. I, I would just like you to get a little more organized on the local level. And, you know, while I'm taking shots at people, you know, I will take a shot at South Carolina. You know, our Democratic Party leaders here, um, uh, I'll give them abysmal. Uh, when looking at the election results, uh, they were quite a few unopposed. And that doesn't make any sense to me either. So um, again, I, I don't want to throw the Green Party under the bus. I, I wish the Green Party a lot of luck. Um, I think we need alternative points of view. The two-party system, Republicans and Democrats, are pretty close to each other, depending on which way the political wind is blowing. Uh, we definitely need new blood. It'll be interesting, too, with the new crop of voters, you know, what'll happen. But um Again, th that the two points that the Green Party got in Georgia could have tipped the balance. Um, now they're not going to have that opportunity in the runoff. So we'll see what happens. Well, um, you know, I saw a piece this morning that said, you know, that the libertarians are more conservative breed. And this pundit thought that they might vote for Walker. And uh, that just didn't make a lot of sense to me uh, because Walker is just basically not qualified for the mm -hmm. job. Mm -hmm. And uh, the only reason he was there is he had a name that people would recognize. Trump put his his whatever you want to call it behind him mm -hmm. and he became the candidate. Mm -hmm. But he was not he's not a quality candidate, mm -hmm. not like not like Warnock is. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I need to tell people said, where to find us, Bill. Oh, well, I'm sorry. We, we've just been wandering down the road here. Uh, you can reach us on Facebook. We are at Two Old Goats, and that is two as in also, T-O-O. -O. Uh, you can reach us at Gmail, and we are at Two Old Goats at gmail.com. We have now uh, put our podcasts on Apple. Uh, we shortly will be on Spotify and shortly will be on Amazon, which will put us over on Audible as well. So we're trying to, uh, to get it a little uh, more available to you. Uh, I, I would like, and this is certainly for vanity, um, that you just tell us you're there. Um, that will give us some information. Um, if, uh, you know, you want to, you know, just say hello or please get off the uh, podcast. And that certainly, you know, there's a wide array of choices, but again, you can find us at two old goats at gmail.com. That's T O O old goats at gmail.com. We are at Apple Podcasts and uh, an assortment of uh, podcast uh, distribution centers in uh, in the world, and uh, also on Gmail at Two Old Goats at Gmail dot com. Uh, I I I, I want to know what's going to happen on Tuesday. I mean, um, by the time people start listening to this, Tuesday will have come and gone. But and you know, just to bear with us a little bit about how the production process goes, uh, do you think that that he'll announce for president? 
uh, you know, uh, you, that's what everyone has been led to believe. But, you know, the way he does things, you never can tell if that's what he meant. He mm-hmm. could have just been out there fishing. Yep. But yep. DeSantis did such such a good job in Florida. Trump may decide he wants to preempt him from doing that, from him making an announcement. But I wouldn't think he would make it this far out. Yeah, yeah. But, well, I mean, you know, Mr. DeSantos uh, has... Uh, you know, made his share of bluster, uh, did sue Disney, I believe. Um, he's been involved in uh, voting. In uh, He's been a very active conservative. And I, I don't say that in a negative tone. I, I know that it sounded like a negative tone. I don't mean it that way. Uh, I don't agree with some of the stuff he's done, but you know, again, you know, it's you know, it's up to people. We still have freedom and democracy in the country. And, and speaking of which, you know, that is something that uh, President Biden said that his takeaway from Tuesday is uh, democracy was saved. Is that too uh, too politically uh, too much political bluster? I don't think so. I mean, he said it before the election. He gave the speech where it's on the line. You need to get out there and vote. Tell people what you think. That's our voice. We get to vote. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, there are people who are happy with what his administration has done. Um, that, uh, of course, again, as we go to uh, to production, the uh, the student uh, debt reform has hit a couple of roadblocks, uh, one of which in Texas. Yes. Who, who knew? Who knew? Uh, and to my friends in Texas that want to secede, please do. <laughs> and take Kentucky with you. Um, and remember that you will not be allowed on any internet. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, we're, we chatted a little bit about this last time that, you know, are we back in 1861? Apparently not. I mean, apparently uh, the polls uh, are still uh, the place for you to uh, express your opinion. And people came out. So, I mean, the people that supported what the president has done, and also uh, the young people—they're—they're they're getting the award uh, for coming out um, and saying this is getting pretty scary with where you people want to go. So um, again, I—you know—we chatted about that. I mean, voting. Thank you, thank you for the people who felt that this was something they had to make the effort to do, and it worked. This is the most important election in our lifetime, and that's until the next election, which will be the most important election. Of course. Well, this one probably was. I think this one really was. Hey, did you hear the latest quote out out of DeSantis? Oh, no, I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat for that. He said, Florida is the place where woke goes to die. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So, oh my! Oh my gosh! I'm now I'm now agreeing <laughs> with Ron DeSantos. Uh, it's going to ruin the rest of my day. No, I'm, I'm joking. I mean, Florida, 
Florida is an interesting place. I, I lived on the Panhandle when I was a, a very young person, moved to South Carolina in the early 60s. Um, as an adult, I lived in uh, southwest Florida, down uh, Fort Myers, Naples area. It, it's just interesting. Uh, one of the jokes we used to have in Fort Myers was if you meet somebody who is actually from Fort Myers, be impressed because there's not a lot of native uh, Floridians uh, over on the West Coast and down in that part of town. Um, the Panhandle, extremely conservative. Um, you have um, a heavy Hispanic community in South Florida. Uh, again, uh, I think people tried to put the Hispanic community in a box. And uh, just because you're Hispanic doesn't mean you're anything other than you have a right to an opinion. I mean, Hispanic voters uh, were, were active in Florida. Um, Florida is Florida's an interesting place. I mean, uh, and I do uh, say uh, occasionally a mean thing about Florida. Just remember that in a solution, the junk sinks to the bottom and it's all down in Florida. <laughs> I, I say that purely as a joke. I, I love Florida. I, I lived in Florida. Panhandle's beautiful. Um, I just think it's a funny joke that that it just everything descended to the lowest part of the United States. Well, but we are creeping up on the end of another show. Yeah, our timing is good this time. Indeed. We'll see you next time. I'm Bill Gray. John Chapman. <laughs> 